I don't know if our next guest is doing something, if he's wearing the special shoes mm. again, or if he's doing eating the same stuff. Maybe he has to change his underwear. Like, I don't know. Let's find out, though. Back here on the McFarland Show, Kevin Ingram, voice Vanderbilt basketball. Big win Saturday night at Memorial Gym. A little buzzer beater action over Auburn. And Vandy has now ripped off five wins in a row. Kev, what's up? Not a lot. How you guys doing? Uh, any Did any of those apply? Haven't changed your underwear? I, well, lucky shoes. yeah, there, there may be there may be a little something uh, with the shoes. I, okay. I kind of have a little fun with that. Um, let's see. The last couple home games, I, I wore the the black like Air Force Ones or the old school ladies Air Force Ones. And then the last couple road games, uh, I've worn these uh, white Air Maxes with sort of a uh, black and you know, tan trim or whatever you want to call it. But th- those were. Those were facing an elimination game going into Florida because they'd had some losses on their resume, and I was about ready to put them in the closet for the rest of the season. Then they came up with a big one at Florida, and then they went to South Carolina once. So I mean, they're they're in good graces. They'll probably be uh, they'll probably get to make the trip to LSU on Wednesday. Mm, I I, nice. I suspect so. So what was the atmosphere like in Memorial Gym on Saturday evening? Because I said Thursday and Friday, Kevin, if it's not at or near capacity, I would be really disappointed. The way this team is playing, it's Bruce Pearl, it's Auburn, uh, it's down the stretch of the regular season. There's a lot on the line. It was a huge game, and I'm like, man, there's if there's ever a time for this, you know, the crowd to get back out there and try to create some magic, it's now. I said I would be disappointed if there's like thousands of empties. From everybody <laughs> I've talked to, it sounds like it was a, a great atmosphere. You were there. What was it like? Yeah, it was a great atmosphere. It really was. And uh, I had been told on Thursday or Friday that it was going to be – they already had the most tickets sold or out that, uh, than I had all season. And uh, it was almost – except for maybe a row or two up on one end, I couldn't see very many empty, empty seats anywhere. It was a great crowd. It was a great atmosphere. There's quite a few Auburn people there. I think they were having a big alumni event in town over the weekend. So uh, you saw a lot of Auburn Orange in the building. But uh, – Commodore fans really brought it. The student section was great uh, and gave them a, a whole lot to cheer about there at the end with, with Ezra's drive and score, and he made a couple big free throws. And uh, Auburn hit the big uh, three. Katie Johnson made that three to tie the game with uh, just a few seconds left. So, yeah, it was a great finish. And, and really, from start to finish, the crowd was really into it. It was a great atmosphere. And you would expect more of the same with these last two home games. Vanderbilt is going to play uh, Florida this Saturday and Mississippi State next Saturday. And uh, you hope those games continue to mean a whole lot and it feels like they will. Uh, you're down to four games left in the regular season, two at home and two on the road. But, yeah, it was as cranked up in there as uh, I've seen it in a long time for that game against Auburn, and it was a lot of fun. Hmm. An alumni function in Nashville. That's weird. That's got to be a first. Huh. Well, good for them. Yeah, nobody does that, Uh-oh. do they? No. I mean, there are no alum. There's not weird. many alums from, like, other schools around Nashville. You just don't no. see it very often. I must have got a great deal or something, uh, you know, <laughs> one of the hotels or something. Um, what was going through your mind? Kind of take us through that final minute of that game, and all you said Ezra, Ezra with the, the nice put-in uh, to win the game with basically a second left. Kind of take us through the the closing seconds of that game and what the call was like, what were you thinking. Uh, just take us through that moment. Yeah, there was a, a couple changes of the lead and ties. I think there were about a dozen ties and 15 lead changes or something like that. I'd have to uh, get the box score out and look at it, but you had a couple big free throws by uh, Vanderbilt's Liam Robbins. He did a whole lot of his damage at the free throw line. And then Ezra Mignon uh, hit two big ones to make it a three-point lead. And 
you think, okay, you get one more stop here and uh, keep Auburn from shooting a three. You got a great chance to, to get out of here with a win. And then uh, <laughs> Auburn had other ideas. Katie Johnson hit that big three. And then, you know, Vanderbilt uh, brought the ball. But they called a timeout. And then uh, you, you had to go the length of the floor. And Ezra brought it up. And then just you, you wasted enough time out near midcourt to where you're basically going to win or lose with the clock. And he drove all the way to the basket and really made a, a tough layup. Uh, with eight-tenths of a second left, and Auburn threw the ball in play, and Jordan Wright got a steal and then just heaved the ball up as time ran out. And you thought the game was over, and everybody's starting to celebrate, and the players going to shake hands and everything, and the officials, of course, said not so fast, and uh, there's one last replay review to take a look at, and they determined that Auburn had committed a foul when uh, Jordan got the steal. And so Vanderbilt went to the free throw line, and uh, Jordan shot the free throw with eight tenths of a second left, or I mean, it was less than that. I think maybe three tenths of a second or something at that point. Um, Auburn pulled off the rebound after the miss and fired it about ninety feet to the other end and almost went in. I, mm. I, it would have been interesting if that ball mm. had gone in, whether or not it would have counted. But either way, Vanderbilt, uh, you know, came out of there with a, just a gigantic win. And when 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 you look at the the bigger picture of the season, that's one that's really meaningful against a team that's a you know a quad one team and. Uh, those those wins mean a whole lot more than uh, you know certainly anything else you can do unless it would have been on the road. It was it was Jalen Williams that actually grabbed that rebound through at the other end. I don't think that would have counted had it gone in, but uh, it, it was a it was a heck of a finish. That's two games in a row we've had a buzzer beater. Of course, you had the Tyron Lawrence three against Tennessee, and then Ezra's layup with uh, less than a second left against Auburn to get the win there. Yeah, I think eight tenths of a it was right eight tenths was that. Oh, yeah, you've got time is tipping, mm-hmm. right? You can't really No, you can grab catch and shoot. It, can yeah. you catch it's, it's, and shoot yeah. with eight-tenths? Yes. The three-tenths of a second is the dividing line. Okay, um, okay. If, if, it's, if it's anything less than that, then you can only tip it in. But if three-tenths or more, you they say that you have time to catch and shoot, which okay. <laughs> is, is debatable to me. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> So I, I wanted to ask you, that was the only meeting with Auburn this year. Now that you saw him up close and personal – Vanderbilt and Auburn are tied in the standings, and now Vanderbilt Vanderbilt has the tiebreaker now with that win they, on Saturday. Exactly, yeah, they're both eight and six, and uh, so yeah, what if, it, if it came down to came down to those two teams for a spot as far as seeding goes, Vanderbilt would have the tiebreaker. So technically, Vanderbilt's fifth and Auburn sixth, even though they're both tied at eight and six and got four more games to play. So, what did you think of Auburn as a whole? You saw them Saturday night. What what do you think of them moving forward? Whether it's SEC tournament. NCAA tournament, if they get it, like what? It, what were your impressions of them? Uh, I thought they were a good team. Um, I could see them getting in and, and winning a game or two. Um, I'm not sure how deep they could go in the tournament, but they, they certainly have a good team. And I, I think they're definitely an NCAA tournament team. They're, they're good. They've had a nice season, and um, yeah, they had a little stretch where they didn't play very well, and then they blasted Missouri before they came to Vanderbilt. Really had a chance, to, of course, to win the game on Saturday, but they added Janai Broom, who had played at Moorhead State and was an awesome player in the OBC. I'd seen him play a few times uh, over at Belmont when they come to town, and uh, he was terrific in the Ohio Valley Conference, part of a, a tournament team with Moorhead State. Uh, Jalen Williams had a big game, too. Broom had 20 points and six rebounds, and Jalen Williams did a lot of his damage in the first half. They were able to get in close and score uh, with you know little one-handers in the paint or off the baseline. Those two are really good. Those are the only two guys in double figures for Auburn, but yeah, you know, like a lot of teams, they've added some good transfers. Wendell Green Jr. played at Eastern Kentucky. He's a really steady point guard. He had eight rebounds and five points in that game. And Zepp Jasper, he's not a guy who's going to score a whole lot, but he's a really good defender. And Alan Flanagan feels like he's been around there a while. If you have the last name Flanagan, you know you're probably playing for Auburn. And then Katie Johnson, 
he, they bring him off the bench, and he can really give them a lift. Um, I don't know that they have tons of depth uh, on their bench. Donaldson's a pretty nice backup point guard. Cardwell's a you know good backup big, but and, and you saw Moore and Berman. They both made some contributions in that game on Saturday. But I, I think Auburn has some nice pieces, and again, I, I think they could get in the tournament and win a game or two. Um, you know, Bruce Pearl's done a good job there for whatever anybody wants to say about him. He, he always has that team in contention pretty much every year. And you look at who's won the most games in the SEC over the last five or six seasons. Auburn's right at the top of the list. Kevin, we talked to uh, Chris Stewart with Alabama last week, and uh, we talked to them about the the game, obviously, the last game Vanderbilt lost there to Alabama, which seems like uh, it was three years ago at this point. Um, he was very complimentary of, of Vanderbilt in that game. He says, you know, it was just that Alabama that night was playing out of its mind, and in his mind, that loss was nowhere close to – uh, the talent level that he felt like Vanderbilt had, and now we fast forward a few games later, and we're starting to see that play out. How far in the rear view now is that game? Yeah, it does feel uh, like it was a long time ago. You're right. <laughs> um, yeah, you're trying to block that one out really and pretend like it didn't happen. But yeah, in, in a way, it was almost a good thing that it did happen. Uh, Tyron Lawrence didn't play in that game, and Jerry Stackhouse. It was a coach's decision. He sat him out. He didn't really like kind of his uh, demeanor and practice uh, leading into that game. and He came back and played some of the best basketball he's played since he's been at Vanderbilt. And, mm. and Liam Robbins was coming back from injury and, and really did get rolling until the second half. And he had a collision between Liam and Jordan Wright that uh, sent them both to the bench for a while. And Jordan had to sit out a game with in the concussion protocol. And it was just one of those games where everything Vanderbilt did went wrong and everything Alabama did went right. They hit like 19 threes and it was just a total dunk fest uh, the rest of the time. And uh, Alabama just played great. They had gotten blown out by Oklahoma in the previous game uh, out of Norman in that SEC Big 12 challenge. So I, I think they were uh, raring to go, and they played one of their best games of the season. And it's been pretty remarkable when you look at what Alabama's done. They have three SEC wins. I'm not talking about playing you know, some mid-major that's ranked in the 300s. I mean, you're talking about playing SEC teams. They have three conference wins of over 40 points this season, mm. and that hasn't been done Jeez. in a long time. So. Uh, that, that team's been just remarkably good. They lost to Tennessee the other night. I I really think, and there's no disrespect to Tennessee, but I, I think if they had played that game at Tuscaloosa, Alabama probably wins by double figures. It just it just felt like, though, that playing that game in Knoxville, it just felt like it was Tennessee's time to win. And they, they really did a great job, Tennessee did, of turning over Alabama and, and, and making it tough for them to score. Um, it, 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 I've said this all along, and i probably said this to you guys. I think if Tennessee and Alabama – could swap a couple players, you probably have two teams that would be capable of going pretty deep in the NCAA tournament. They, they might do it anyway, but I think if Tennessee could get one of Alabama's shooters and Alabama could get one of Tennessee's big physical guys, uh, you'd really have a, a couple of outstanding teams. And Again, they're, they're good. They're both, um, they both had great seasons, and we'll see what they do in the postseason. I recall you saying earlier in the year, Kevin, that one of the problems with this particular Vanderbilt team or one of the issues they were facing – is the ability for players to get their own shot. And I thought of that as I watched the the last play of the game where the player created his own shot to get the win. Uh, it wasn't exactly a, a drawn-up play or an extra pass that got that done. Uh, he decided he was just going to go win this game. I mean, right here, right now. Yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah, Justin, it's been interesting to kind of watch how that's developed over the course of the season. <laughs> uh, but – 
But you've seen Ezra Magnon and Liam Robbins really become a good combo working together. And a big part of that play where Ezra drove and scored and won the game against Auburn was, was Liam setting a screen. And he was joking with us, Liam was, after the game, that yeah, I didn't really set a great screen on the big guy. I was supposed to do a little better job than that, but it worked out okay because Ezra was so fast he just got past the whole thing. Oh, he was good. Uh, yeah. you, you've seen – You've seen guys be able to create a little more. I think Tyron Lawrence is another guy who can do that. He can drive mm-hmm. the pain. You've seen him kind of wheel around and hit a little fadeaway, and Jordan Wright can do some of that. So I feel like that's developed some for this team. But Ezra is the you know as far as driving and making things happen and getting in down low and and for a guy who's only about six feet tall, he can really get shots away against big guys. I mean the the fact that he got that shot off without it being swatted into the front row was remarkable in itself. He got it high up off the glass enough to where it was able to bank in. Uh, but, man, Liam and Ezra have just become such a fun combo to watch. They're scoring on these they, – they've added these little wrinkles and some sort of drive-and-dive type plays where Liam sets the screen and rolls and, and, and Ezra drives down the other side of the paint and then slides it to him for a bucket. So, yeah, those, those combinations are working out well. And he's got a lot of guys that just – game in and game out, it might be a different guy every game, but you, you've had people that have made big contributions uh, in these games that have led to wins. I know we're a few games left here, uh, Kevin, before we get to this point, but I'm just going to go ahead and ask the question, how big of a deal would just getting to the dance be for for the Commodores, for this program? Well, what what would it take, in your opinion, with, with four regular well, season another games? another way to go at it. Yeah, yeah four regular yeah. season games left and then the tournament here. What, what do you think, in your opinion, what do you think it's going to take for them to punch their ticket in the NCAA tournament? Well, and these are great questions. As far as what it would mean to the program, it'd mean everything for this program because they haven't been there under this coaching staff. And I think going into the year, everybody looked at it and said, okay, that's the next logical step. You went to the NIT last year. You got some mm-hmm. postseason. You won a couple games. Got within a win of going to New York. Now let's take the next step and get to the big dance. Um, you know, And I've started to track all those metrics and things a little more closely over the last couple of weeks as this win streak has developed. Uh, one thing Vanderbilt has going in its favor, it has, I believe, it's seven quad one and quad two wins, which really count a lot. And then you have you know, the NCAA net tool, which is one of the things that they use to, to measure how good these teams are. And Vanderbilt has moved up a few spots. They went from 91 to 88 with the win over Auburn. And you look at Joe Lenardi's latest bracket projections, and, and people can poo-poo Lenardi, but he, he has a good feel for how all this stuff ta- stacks up. And he had Vanderbilt mentioned among the teams that he was considering and putting in saying, you know, the first four out or the next four out. And then you have a few more teams that he feels like are starting to climb into contention. And he listed Vanderbilt in that today. And I felt like that was significant, too. But there's still a lot of work to be done. I think you almost need to run the table to feel good about where you stand going into the SEC tournament. If you could, I really feel like if this team could win the last four, go to the SEC tournament and do a little damage there, then you just see what happens on Selection Sunday because that would mean that they would finish 12-6 and six in the SEC, and then you add four more 19, wins. And 19 maybe one, wins. You, yeah, yeah, 19, and then you add, say, one more in the tournament that gives you 20 wins. It'd be hard, right, for an yeah, SEC team to be left out with yeah. that. Re- I mean, that'd be no, hard. Yeah, yeah, no, that, no, that, no. Yeah. That's a nice-looking resume, yeah. no matter who you are. You go 12-6 and six in the SEC, which it's a tough league. Is it as good as the Big 12? Probably not. It's, it's definitely better than the ACC. And, um, you know, you, you can debate league versus league, but the SEC is going to get a half dozen or so teams in this thing. Uh, it, it's, it's tough, though. 
you look at the games this week, you go to LSU and you play Florida, and, uh, you know, LSU's not having a good season, but any game on the road is going to be hard. Florida lost Colin Castleton, which is a Huge. gigantic loss for them. Huge. And, and then, really, the the one that you circle. It really makes, Kevin, that Florida game now a must win, right? I, I mean, absolutely. You're at absolutely. home, and you you know, and he's not in there. It really is a must yeah. win. Right. So you got LSU in Florida this week, and then you got Kentucky on the road and Mississippi State at home to finish next week. And you, you feel like, too, playing Kentucky next week, that they're going to have a, a lot of motivation because they're one of those teams that needs to win a few more games to really feel good about where they are sounds funny to say that but they they will be and then mississippi state sort of in that same boat i mean they're, they're very much in the tournament picture too and probably right there where they need to probably win a, another couple games so yeah these, these games are, it's going to be a really interesting finish here especially if you can get these two this week and then go to next week and, and play in lexington on, on wednesday and mississippi state on saturday but first things first you, you got to got to win against LSU on Wednesday, but it, it's interesting. I mean, they, Vanderbilt has played its way into some really interesting conversations with just a five-game win streak over two and a half weeks, and uh, you know, you, you go back and reference that Alabama game and think about how you felt. Uh, I know how I felt when I was trying to keep from, from sliding down the steps coated by ice when we came back from Tuscaloosa, <laughs> and then <laughs> and then five games later, you're talking about postseason. It, it's just remarkable yeah. what this team's been able to do. That is, that is yeah. a great way of putting it. It is. It's remarkable. Because well, I I can remember our show after that oh, yeah. Alabama game, and mm-hmm. then to sit here and be having the, this conversation with you five games later is remarkable. It, it is. really is. Hey, appreciate the visit, Kevin. As always, enjoy Baton Rouge, and uh, we'll talk to you when you get back. Sounds good. Yeah, I'm going to complete the circuit of SEC uh, basketball places on Wednesday. That's the only place I haven't been for basketball. I've been there for football a couple times, and I've done baseball there, but. Uh, That'll be the last of the 14, so I'm looking forward to going. You probably won't Very see cool. Shaq, but, yeah, that's cool that you're getting to go there. <laughs> There's a statue there. There's a statue you can go see, though. <laughs> take a picture. You'll, you'll think the big Aristotle will be there for the game. <laughs> no Chris Jackson. No. No Stanley Roberts. No Shaq. Oh, man. Those dudes are so good, man. Vernell Singleton, you remember those? Oh, teams? are you kidding? I, yeah, I saw them up close and personal. They were ridiculous. <laughs> what was that? That one game was like 195. I was at uh, it. Yep. I was at it. I've, I've heard people say that was the best game they ever it, saw. That's me. It was the greatest game I ever, I've ever been in person and at. It was an unranked Kentucky team with a bunch of, you know, us. It was like eight guys. Yeah, us just running around out there against <laughs> uh, looked like an NBA team. And it was just remarkable. And Kentucky jumped out. I remember at one point it was like 42 to 19 and Rupp Arena's the roof was about to blow off and then they it took everything. If there was like another minute left in the game, they <laughs> they might have lost. Like they Because Chris Jackson Chris Jackson scored about 40 or oh, 45 yeah. points in that game yes. if I remember right. Yes. He was insane. Like they it it took everything for them to hold off LSU, but yeah, that was the most incredible game I ever saw live and in person. It was amazing. So mm-hmm. Kevin, really appreciate it, man. Have a great week. Anytime. See you guys. All right, Kevin Ingram. He'll be on the call Wednesday night, 6 o'clock tip down in Baton Rouge.